0: Have you felt the rising of the goddess within you? Or perhaps you noticed that something is happening on a global scale, where more and more women are tuning in to the divine feminine, as if we are being called to wake up and be here to assist in the change that is taking place. If so, then you're going to love this interview with Sophie Bashford, who's written the best-selling book, You Are a Goddess. Sophie is a leading intuitive teacher and writer for the reemergence of the Divine Feminine, and she will share with you how you can work with the goddesses to help you awaken more fully. So let's head over to this interview now. Thank you so much for connecting with us today. It's
1: lovely to have you on this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, you've written an amazing book called You Are a Goddess? How did your journey begin into discovering the divine feminine?
1: Well, wow. It's been a very long journey. Mm. It's been a journey spanning over, definitely over 15 years, if not more, and a very gradual one, really. I certainly didn't wake up one day, you know, with a divine celestial vision, (laughs) saying, write this book or follow this path or anything like that. It wasn't like that. It really came out of my own life, my own practical life. and. Really a series of very intense life changes, kind of one after the other in my early 30s. Breakdown of my marriage and, you know, feeling very it's stuck in chaos and everything kind of breaking down around me and nothing working out in the way that I thought that it would or should. And I became incredibly drawn to seeking guidance from other sources. And I guess I would say I picked up my mother, who my mother died when I was very small, uh, my mother's deck of tarot cards and i started using the tarot and everything opened up from there i was then led into different meditation groups and different circles and gradually very very gradually over a, a really quite a long period of time my intuitive gift was opened and that was through many different practices and then i began really connecting with spirit and spiritual guides and the divine feminine, or I would say, you know, gradually, I was awakened to being able to connect with different guides, and they began coming through to me. And I just realized over a long, long period of time that this was guiding my life, and it was informing my life. And with, you know, also receiving almost direct guidance from different goddesses and different figures gradually incrementally and I'm saying this is definitely over a long period of time I began sort of gaining almost like a unlocking really actually mm. a body of wisdom within myself that remembered a different way a different truth and a different understanding mm. uh, particularly of of the feminine path well that that mostly relates to women, not always. But it, it, it is something that's been completely defined by my own life experience.
0: Mm. I know just from my own experience, it's like my mind used to think it was a bit odd when people were talking about the divine feminine and all of that. And then suddenly I was in Glastonbury and there was a chapel underneath Abbey House. And mm. I had my first mystical experience there of the Black Madonna. And from that moment, something changed in me. And I realized that she'd been working with me for a very, very long time. I was just not aware that she'd been working with me. But suddenly when I was aware, she was guiding me more and more and more. And then it's kind of been this gradual introduction, I suppose, of the divine feminine. And I think that's happening for quite many of us, that we used to not really have an idea of the divine feminine. And suddenly something is being Remembered within.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. But I also think that it's very rarely a divine revelation that comes in a moment. I mean, obviously, you know, you can have experiences like yours, and I'm sure there are defining moments in my path that sometimes I struggle to remember, to be honest, because it's it's sort of, you know, been quite comprehensive and long. But um, I do feel that, you know, the people I work with often they'll feel a sense of dissolution, you know, a feel of things not working anymore the way that they felt that they have been conditioned to expect and a feeling often of feeling very lost or very broken, and needing emotional healing, maybe needing to go into therapy, lots of emotions surfacing, lots of suppressed feelings surfacing, things just not working somehow. And, you know, they're then opened up to something that they may not know what that is to begin with, but it is actually a different voice within them. It's a different mode of being, and it's a different energy, it's a different light. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot of inner work that we're led you know, we're led to the goddess really through inner work and so that's why I say working with a goddess is an inside job.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think that she is becoming more present because it's kind of rising all the layers of how the feminine have been suppressed, abused, wounded through the history?
1: Do I think that the layers are kind of coming off now? Is that yeah? Is that
0: that is that is coming yeah. up to be healed and and processed through us because there seems to be like a collective awakening of how deeply wounded we've actually been in the feminine.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel that it's a ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah. Because as I say, you know, as you heal, then the world heals. It's the inner reflects the outer and it starts with us. But as there is, it's definitely in the collective. And there's a kind of I would say there's almost like a Bit of a synergy in a way going on because it's kind of like we're prompted, we feel the call, like you say, in whatever way it comes. And it c- does often come with a feeling of things breaking down mm-hmm. or not making sense. We feel that nudge and then we're called into our own inner healing and opening. And at the same time, there are also higher forces, you know, the goddess realm, if you like, as higher beings of love that do exist, obviously, in other dimensions. There is a wave of, if you like, almost pressure, really, from the divine feminine. There has been for a long time, pressing almost imperceptibly through the invisible realms, pressing on the collective. Those who are ready to awaken, it's not everyone, but those who have a specific, I would say, contract, actually, sacred Mm -hmm. contract to the goddess. There's a pressing down, there's an urging that's coming from you know the higher realms, and that's working in tandem. Really, well, you can say it's a chicken and egg situation. I mean, it's kind of it's working symbiotically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was really shocked when I had the call myself. I did not see that coming at all. I've been working with healing for a long, long time, but I never been drawn to working with the goddess aspect of it. I've been working with, I suppose, more of the masculine. Actually, going up, working with uh, a course the miracles, working with. NLP working with that aspect and then suddenly I just knew I just felt I had to start working more with energy medicine and working more by going in and that's how I think she made her introduction to me because then I had to go through my body does that make sense
1: yeah it's a unique experience for everyone and it really does relate to your own personal kind of if you like template you know your own sort of perhaps your own past life experiences, what's most triggering for you in this lifetime, yeah. what's most triggering is a bit of a trendy word at the moment, but you know what I mean, what's pressing your buttons in this lifetime, what are your kind of specific soul challenges, how it comes to you, of course, is going to be very sort of individual. But I've noticed that there do seem to be common themes and then that that kind of dovetails very much with the guidance, spiritual guidance that I was given um, over the years. So that's why the book came into that form in terms of, you know specific goddesses they do work with different energies and they can they can trigger different aspects and work and heal transform different aspects of your, of yeah. your being that brings me to my next question because obviously
0: you mentioned nine goddess archetypes in the book and how they work with us with their clearing the initiation and the transformation so as we step into that initial we know that something needs to shift. We can feel it coming up to be healed. So we then step into that clearing of that. Would you mind describing some of the goddesses we might be working with in that phase?
1: Well, clearing starts with Carly. Yeah. Now, that's a shock. <laughs> that's usually the shock. And it can be like a real tumbling down of, of lots of dominoes in your life, you know, maybe losing, you know, say your marriage breaking up or significant partnership changing perhaps loss of loved ones, perhaps illness, perhaps just a shift in your job. You know, maybe it's often a sense where it can be dramatic or less dramatic, but it's normally something that really you probably don't like. And it can feel uh, quite frightening sometimes because it really is like a kind of shaking and pulling you awake. And so often she needs to get your attention. Life needs to get your attention. And it does that by actually saying, you know what, you're not going to carry on just going along this path, perhaps with all your ducks in a row, the way that you thought that you were, because you need to be shaken. And that's the beginning of that clearing. I mean, Carly does work through clearing in a very uh, direct manner. And she really does clear your energy field of anything and everything that is not serving your highest growth. So that can be people. It can be maybe where you where you live. It can be the people you're hanging around with. It can be the work you're doing. It can be the thoughts, of course, and beliefs that you have stuck, the emotions that you have stuck inside you. She will clear you of everything. It's like a deep purification. And it also confronts the ego. She confronts the ego. So she often confronts you with maybe, you know, your most negative beliefs or your most self-limiting beliefs, perhaps your victim consciousness. You know, I can't do this because life is stacked against me. This is my past. This is my childhood. This is what happened to me. This is what always happens to me. You know, lots of those thoughts are kind of victim consciousness, aren't they? So she will really confront you with everything that's seeming to be in your way. And it can be, it can feel pretty confronting, you know, it can feel pretty confronting and it can bring up a lot of fear, but it is in truth. Because Carly is so connected to the truth, she will bring up everything that is not truth in your life. And really with the ultimate, if you want to say, aim of getting you to face the truth, your own truth, and actually realize your that your own truth is your own power and that you have a lot of power within you. And this is the start of clearing away the branches, the dead wood, just as you would go into your garden that's overgrown. You can't see anything. You're probably burdened, weighed down by it. It's the beginning of that clearing and it's a deep clearing but then it does move on then through to Mother Mary who's an emotional healer she's an emotional clearer if you like and that's a you know it's a more gentle nurturing process of course because Mother Mary is a great mother she has a very different energy to Carly so it's where she kind of tends to your heart and your deeply buried feelings almost very specifically your tears yeah, the energy of tears that may need to be shifted and cleared from your physical body, your cells. And it can be almost for a soul level that you've carried this burden of sadness, grief, tears. Obviously, that can be, of course, you know, brought up from life events in this lifetime, but it may actually go back. And it can also be, as you've mentioned already, the collective, it can also be a collective grief, a collective sadness for what you may not perceive at the time, but what may also be you tapping into a collective soul grief for the loss of the goddess Mm -hmm. consciousness, okay? So there's a lot there, but it very simply normally will start with you and just the emotions that you may have felt not able to express and release. Women are often told, as I'm sure every woman listening to this will know, to be quiet and not be emotional, it's too messy, isn't it, to be seen. Women have been incarcerated in times gone past. They still are medicated, incarcerated, institutionalized for being too emotional. And uh, it's where the word, you know, lunatic comes from. Mm-hmm. where lunatic comes with the cycles of the moon, our deepest soul nature is kind of You know often incredibly trivialized and also held against us really and so that's where moving into that acceptance of emotions is incredibly important you can call that of course it is a clearing so it does come under that clearing kind of banner because also you're clearing your spiritual channels you're clearing your energetic channels and most women that feel this call Feel a great urge to use energy, you know, to channel energy through their body, and they may not know what that means to start with. But there is a sort of a recognition that there is a a kind of need for that energy to have a clear, a clear flow through your body, and um, that's emotional clearing is incredibly important for that. Mm -hmm. So you know, the clearing aspect is pretty huge, and I think the last goddess that I put under clearing is Guanyin, the goddess of compassion and self-love and nurturing and that's about starting to clear out a lot of the negative beliefs about the female body about self-love and self-worth and opening to receive nurturing it's clearing out a lot of the guilt and the shame that's attached to how we've been conditioned to think about our bodies or receive love receive healing touch receive Receive self-nurturing, really, and just receive in general, because receiving is a feminine principle. So, yeah, there's a lot there within that clearing, Mm. and I would imagine that that clearing can take quite a long time. It can, and I think there's, you know, what I really feel with this message and this work in an overarching way, actually, is that it's a practice. Mm. You know, there's no actual end goal. That's it's a very masculine idea that is so drilled into us that you know we have to tick things off, don't we? like checklists and say, okay, I've done that part, I move on. And sometimes that feels, you know, that's really useful. It feels so good. It's an incredible way to be productive and actually also to grow. But with the feminine, it is actually a different principle in the sense that, yes, you know, you will have spurts of sort of high intensity and breakthroughs and feelings of great achievement within this healing path but it also is a path that is ongoing and sometimes cyclical and mm. like a spiral you can take many you know one step forward many steps that feel like back but they're not really they're just kind of spiraling it's not linear so yeah the clearing yes can take a while but then you can also have you know amazing intensive periods and and enormous breakthroughs where the significant clearing work will be done you will have a feeling where yeah I've really let go of that I've really shifted my perception on that I've shifted my energy on that and that's really happened forever.
0: Mm, Fantastic I'm just feeling this at the moment because My mom died in August last year, and that really initiated such a massive healing process. But it was like I was processing with these goddesses, as you're saying, first Carly, bringing up to the surface all the various illusions and things and beliefs and stuff that had to come up and be cleared. And then the nurturing and the loving and the caring. But as one area was clearing and then moving forward with that, then another area started to come up. So it's like, I suppose Mm. you can process different things. At different stages and
1: levels, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's a really good, it's a great question because I feel I really wanted to make that clear as well in the book that, you know, yes, it's a sequential movement through the book and there is actually a divine, I was guided with that, how Mm. they were very, very clear with me about how they wanted those chapters to be and how they wanted it to hold and actually be an initiation in itself and work on, on your energy field. But of course, you know, you're not always going to move through it sequentially. You are going to go backwards and forwards and certainly be working with maybe, you know, several aspects or goddesses at one time. As we've already said, you are unique. You will be working your own way through this. It's just that there are often some common themes in the way that it does does unfold.
0: Yeah, and I, I love that with the book. It brings clarity to that. So that then brings us into the initiation. So would you mind taking us through that place and the goddesses working with that?
1: Yes, the initiations, I think we start with the priestesses of Avalon, right? Mm -hmm. Very powerful group. It's really a very spiritual reinitiation because it's really all to do with the third eye. And it's to do with the sixth chakra, which is in between the eyebrows. And that's Connects to spiritual vision, it connects to, you know, what you might call your psychic gifts and your ability to see, have insights and intuitive knowing that goes beyond the physical, Mm. goes beyond the third dimension. So it's very important and it's important for pretty much everyone that's drawn to this work. There's often a lot of blockage around that area because, for many reasons, because this energy has been so perceived as dangerous, it's perceived it's been suppressed, it's been held back and silenced. So the third eye can often be pretty dusty or actually incredibly blocked. Mm. So there is a sense where just at its most very, very simple level, that's an initiation into trusting your intuition. And this is something that obviously, you know, now we hear we hear a lot. It's not a new phrase. It's fairly widespread to hear that. But that can actually be easy to say and not always easy to put into practice. And that again is a practice. And so that's an, you know, that is an initiation. And actually, when you work with a lot of these goddesses, and when I bring them through myself. privileged, uh, honoured to have them come through, they will often take you through specific initiations and ceremonies that actually are designed to reawaken that centre in you. And, you know, this is a case of your soul remembering, your soul remembering that you have had most likely past soul experiences as some form of priestess some form of, you know, sacred feminine practitioner or purveyor of sacred feminine energy. And there's a sense where it just unlocks something that's very deep within you. So mm. it's something that the mind doesn't understand. And, you know, our mind isn't meant to understand, but it kind of goes beyond that. I guess moving on from Priestess of Avalon, we move into more of the realm of past life experiences and uh, moving into the goddess Hecate, who's one of the most definitely one of the most powerful goddesses in this book, can be feared, greatly misrepresented by patriarchy. She's initiating us back into what you might call the witch or sorceress archetype or identity, soul identity, spiritual identity. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, everyone that experiences Hecate necessarily is drawn now to working with The witch kind of traditions you know you might not be into wicca you might not be into you know pagan witch ceremonies you might not be drawn to that at all and that, that it doesn't mean that you don't actually have that sort of living archetype within you because nearly everyone that I've ever worked with myself included on a huge scale the the kind of persecution of the witches runs so deep and it's the persecution of the wise woman, isn't it? It's the mm. persecution of this wisdom. And it morphs itself, you see, into so many different ego tactics. So it can, it can want to keep you in a victim mode. It can want to keep you in procrastination. It can want to keep you into feeling you can't and shouldn't and mustn't share your voice or find your voice or speak up or be seen. And this can be extremely visceral, and I, I experience this myself, I still experience it now. So I don't experience it to quite the extent as I have, but I do still experience it. And I want to be extremely honest about that, because I don't want to put up any kind of false impression that, you know, this doesn't affect me anymore. It still very much affects me. And it's a case of working, continually working through it and being very, very patient and compassionate, but also recognising that these are initiations, you know, mm-hmm. they are initiations. Every time you're guided to say something, to speak up, to be present with your truth, with your true energy, with your authentic voice, you're going through your own initiation. You're being taken through a reinitiation mm-hmm. into this powerful, wise, wise woman energy. And it has been extremely painful for us, you know. It's been extremely painful for us. And sometimes, you know, working with Hecate can be very intense. And it can bring up, of course, trauma. And that's something that, you know, doesn't sound very pleasant. And it isn't really. But at the same time, you either have a choice. If you want to be in your power, you have a choice to stay stuck and actually to feel so crippled by anxiety and fear that you don't know how to move through. Or you have a choice to face some of in your own time and in a way that's right for you because it would never be brought through at a time that isn't in a way that isn't right for you. But to yes, take you out of your comfort zone and feel your feelings about it and actually process your feelings about it. So, you know, there is a stretching that has to happen. It's not pleasant, but it wasn't pleasant. What happens purveyors of the divine feminine has been extremely unpleasant. But we can't keep it under the carpet.
0: Exactly. And as to you then Go into that journey of very, very deep healing, which, as you say, can be incredibly painful. But at the same time, at least how I experience it, yes, it's painful and it's all this traumatic stuff coming up. I feel myself being cleansed. So it's a beauty and a a wisdom that comes through that that is just out of this world. It's priceless. And I feel that whichever way we're being invited to go in on that journey, as we do that healing it's like that divine feminine energy can then rise more and take more up more space within us so we become that outward manifestation of that
1: yes absolutely and i always say that you know if you feel the most fear if you feel the most fear about this topic the most fear about being seen the most fear of going into your past life pain if and when that's presented to you you have the most power Mm. They're directly linked, so yeah. the people that are really running from that and saying, "I don't want to do that I, that's too much for me i I don't want to do it, but they still want to be part of this work. they have a lot of power, they've been, probably been hugely abused in the yeah. past, so it's concurrent with the level of power that you hold that you really want to be you yearn to be in that power, yearn to be in it, mm. but sometimes you can need of course those steps and a holding hand to be taken through the steps and the processes mm.
0: And to recognize that for each layer that you become, say, for example, more visible. I know when we first published a magazine in Sweden, I had these acute night terrors that somehow I would be killed and I would lose my kids. And yeah. I was taken back to so many past lives where I would been burned as a witch and all of that. So I had to process through those deep layers of, you know, logically very, very illogical sort of fears. I knew that they were coming up to be healed. And then it was the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. And I think many of us have to move through that. Yeah. Not absolutely. easy.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not. And, you know, I want to acknowledge every single person that's doing this right now. It takes a lot of courage. And But, you know, let's face it, it takes a lot of courage to be here in this lifetime, you know, actually working this energy again. But the beautiful thing is, you know, no matter the fear, you're always going to receive a message somehow. The message is going to come through to you if you're doing this work. You're going to find the right teacher. You're going to find yourself in the right place. You're going to have a huge acknowledgement that there is such positive, such healing effects from your from your own healing, from every step you take, every step you take to stretch yourself, even just baby steps. The tiniest things, you know, they amount and they, they stack up and you will be acknowledged for it, you know, and the goddesses collectively, I feel even now, they want to acknowledge Every single person that's doing this work, it takes great courage to stand into it. But, you know, there comes a point, really, it's that kind of a nice, Nin, you know, beautiful quote, isn't it? The time came when it became more painful to remain closed than it did to open. So that's the tipping point, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I also love what you say about, because Colette Baron Reed was talking about this too when I interviewed her about her latest Goddess Power Oracle cards. And it's how, say, Hecate, for example, or like, I'm from Sweden, so we have our Nordic goddesses, and we have, for example, Hell. And patriarchy just twisted her completely, because yeah. she represents rebirth and transformation. She's very similar to Carly, and whenever I meet her, I, I see her as this beautiful, beautiful, loving, compassionate, transformer. And I do see her as both half light and half black, but it's not ugly and, and beautiful the way that Christianity later changed the image of her. It's just that representation of the journey from the dark into the light. And when Christianity came, they made her into the ruler of hell. That's why you have the word hell. And in Swedish, yes. it means to heal and to make whole and sacred. And when I could see that, it helped to release some of my deep fears about how, well, religion have twisted these goddess archetypes into something bad. Mm,
1: very much. Same with Lilith, you know. For me, Lilith is one of the most powerful and arcane, arcane as in, you know, incredibly mysterious, and only reveals her power absolutely to her own schedule and her own desire and she because of her deep power her exceptional extraordinary power that i don't think you know we have not even that the enormity of her power has not yet been unleashed on this planet and Of course, that's had to be twisted, hasn't it, by Mm. patriarchy, by the church, by those who seek to control this energy, because it is on another scale. It represents so many aspects of the psyche, particularly, you know, the feminine psyche, that patriarchy, whoever wants to control that, they don't want to see those aspects. They're so complex. They're so wise. They're so deep. And... This has been sought to be eradicated on this planet and and stamped out and kept down. And A goddess such as Lilith, she's been, you know, twisted into a murderess of children and a flesh eater or, you know, goodness knows what, but she represents some of the deepest feminine power and very much connected to sacred sexuality that we could... We're still... I don't feel, you know, she hasn't unleashed or made available actually most of her what you might call codes or kind of light templates her knowledge, her power, her wisdom. She hasn't made that available yet. And she's been hidden, she is hidden, but she's been so, you know, as you're describing, comprehensively negated by those who seek to, you know, really just totally diminish this this life force and are scared of it. You know, ultimately they're scared of it she needs to be, and I have actually had some feedback from the book where some readers have said you know they were grateful for that just you know Lilith being present in the book because they just had never felt her framed like that, but they'd mm-hmm. always felt deeply that she wasn't how she was portrayed mm-hmm. in mainstream or however you know culture or text so it is it is very important that this is rectified that these They're lies, really. Like they're twisted, it's corrupted.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Now, I think it's really important. And I know for someone like myself, it's helped to then ease some of that deep fear. So instead, I could just embrace the, the wisdom from the goddess because I still have a mind. So the mind needed to be reassured that actually these stories are twisted and this is a different story instead. And as you can embrace that new story, Suddenly you see them in a completely
1: different light. You do. And I think what also has just really come to me is that what I feel that this kind of sort of false narrative about this twisting of certain goddesses, they're nearly almost like, you know, you said the most powerful ones, of course, they get twisted, they get diminished. It also really, really makes it, it makes it very difficult then for those of us now who come, who are are connected to the goddess, want to trust ourselves, want to trust the goddess within us, want to trust our own intuition. We know, this is why I don't teach a lot about the intellectual kind of uh, information about goddesses or even the historical information. There is a bit in my book about that because it obviously is helpful to have some context. But I always feel they guide me. Connect with me intuitively. Just as you said, when you connected with your goddess, Nordic goddess, connect with me intuitively. Forget everything you've read. Forget everything that you might know that's been fed to you. Just connect intuitively because that in itself is a teaching. It's a reawakening. It's helping them to then say no trust your own feelings about who we are and what we are for you and what you receive because that in itself is a healing yeah it's a healing that we're no we're not going to be told what this goddess represents if you resonate with it you resonate with it if you don't you don't and if you don't then go into yourself and feel meditate however that goddess is being presented to you just ask yourself and do your best not to second guess just imagine the answer you know who is she what does she represent? Why is she here for me? What does she look like? What does she feel like? And just see what comes, you know, and you do know. Mm.
0: And at the same time, it is through that experience, which is a very feminine experience, you then develop your own relationship with that energy. I know for me, it was just baffling how, how different my experience and the, the wisdom I received through that compared to what I done later could read about it. It's like it's like two completely different versions. But I do feel that the way you're portraying them in the book is helping to change that narrative. It's helping to change that story and that will also help to change how the collective view and hold these goddesses and that is also a huge part of the healing.
1: Yes, thank you. It felt really good to write. It felt Mm. really good to write that at the time.
0: Mm. No, I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful because you've obviously had your own experience with them, which is allowing them to have a voice through you that is through that personal experience rather than, yes, whatever twisted story you would have had. And I do feel that is a massive help in the
1: awakening for all of us absolutely and it is because then women can realize oh yeah this is me why are we reading these kind of false description that has no bearing on our lives has no bearing on what we go through is no bearing on our journey on our feelings about life on our life path even And then all the goddesses are standing there literally saying, we are you. We are so connected to you. We want to guide you. We are your life. We want to show you a different way. We want to show you all these tools. We want to show you how you are embedded within the fabric of us. We are united you know we are one another and i feel that with this the patriarchy has sought to break that channel of communication down mm. between humanity and the goddess consciousness you know it's, it's as if we have to be separated from it so that we can't link with the power
0: exactly and i think as you have connected with that and you then spread that message out and it then reaches more people they feel more at ease with it to actually join in themselves and in that way we start to change the narrative. And then would you like to share a little bit maybe on Isis?
1: Isis is really the ultimate for me. She's really the first, the first goddess that really became known to me, kind of, if you like, revealed herself to me. I've been connected to Isis for an extremely long time without knowing it. I asked for my 16th birthday, my father to buy me to get made, actually, for me, a necklace in the shape of an ank. I didn't even know the name of it. I didn't even know what it was called. I just showed him a picture of it and said, I, "I need to have a necklace that's like this." for my 16th birthday." And he went out and showed the picture to a jewelry maker, and they made it, you know, into a silver ank. And I wore it constantly, and you know, not knowing at all for many years what that represented, but you know the energy was working, yeah, so she represents purpose, and you know what is purpose it's really everything that we embody it's everything that we are, it's everything that we that we transmit, everything that we radiate it's all of our truth, of course, it's also what we came here to contribute. That's not only just through our job, you know, through our paid work. It can be and probably will be part of it as we kind of align even more fully with our truth. But Isis is really overlighting your sacred contracts to the goddess. So that's why when you go into the Temple of Isis, she has, if you like, her version of the Akashic records there, which is, you know, a book of your contracts and everything you've come here to give. So Isis guides you guides you on that path. It's a big question. It's something that many people, they want to know. What is my purpose? What am I here for? And I would just say, you know, I promise you that if you're present with yourself right now, with whatever's in front of you right now, whatever that is, if you're present with it, if you're present with every feeling, if you're present with every stage of your process and you allow the process, you will be taken through step by step the steps that are necessary for you to bring your gifts into the world. All of the other goddesses are relevant and many more besides than I could even put in this book, but, you know, and many other guides as well. But, you know, every other stage is relevant and they intertwine. But if, you know, you are your purpose, you know, your healing is your purpose. Healing your heart is your purpose. All of this is your purpose. And yes, of course, there's something that you and many things you're here to share, but that will naturally assert itself. You'll probably have to be stretched many times out of your comfort zone, further than you'll ever feel really comfortable to go. And it won't necessarily always feel straightforward. That's really key to know. And I feel that, again, it comes back to this thing. If you have a lot to share and sort of transform and bring through in this lifetime, And I don't mean that by kind of outer achievements. I mean that a lot of that work is done on the inside. Mm -hmm. But Whatever energy that you have to come here to bring, you know, you're probably going to go through the greatest challenges if you have a lot of energy to bring through. I'm not saying your life's going to be hard. I'm saying that it's going to stretch you. So that's something that the goddesses are doing to each and every one of us that are put in service, that are asking now, that want to be in service, you know, prepare to be stretched and know that it's nothing that you're never given anything that you can't handle, even though I know what it feels like to feel that you can't handle it. But trust that Isis is the one that holds your calling card, you know, she holds your contracts in her hand. So follow the steps. Beautiful. To
0: find out more about Sophie and her work, visit sophiebashford.com. And if you'd like to listen to some free guided meditations, then head over to cecawilliams.com slash soul tribe. One of the meditations there is a journey to meet the goddess. And if you haven't listened yet to the podcast episode Heal Your Shadows with the Dark Divine Feminine, then I'd recommend you do that as this episode also contains a guided meditation where you'll meet five goddesses of the Dark Divine Feminine. And they are all just awesome. Wishing you lots of love until our next week's episode. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.